Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Welcome into uh, Maddie and the Caddy, the George Lopez round. Now, typically on the podcast, we do the Caddy and I do a, a preamble. Then we get to the guest. And no, then we I want do... to hear the preamble. No, no, you don't. Because what I was going to say when 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 comedian, actor, and, and avid golfer George Lopez makes time for us, you do all the ambling. But I say comedian, actor, and avid golfer wants to hear the preamble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's preamble here. Right. Okay. So we so, got to go also. Ahead. We got to talk. We got to do a little preamble. So, okay. You know what? Here's what the preamble is. All right. The preamble is I'm going to tell you the story about how this almost didn't happen because of the memory card. Yeah. And ICE Homeland Security. <laughs> yes. That, <yeah. laughs> that well, almost. That's why we're in a basement. Let's <laughs> hear about the memory card. So first. we get in here. We're down here setting up in your in your uh, uh, next no, no. To your green room. Let's start from the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning yeah. is we're we're about to do the Jack Nicholas podcast. Amazing. And then I realize something is wrong and it's not recording correctly. And it's the memory card. This it's is at bad. Shinnecock at the US Open. At Shinnecock and Jack's guys just text, Hey, we're on our way. We'll be there in about five minutes. And I what are we gonna do? Like uh, the memory card it's not working. I don't understand. He's pacing, sweating. When's the last time you saw me freaking out? Uh, well, one time I went to Burger King and they closed. <laughs> <laughs> they closed early and you were inconsolable in the parking lot. Okay, so it wasn't until I so let you that. play a little bit in the yard that you found out. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, there's that. So. But then I told you IHOP is selling burgers, and you cheered up. <laughs> Got that good old smile again. Let me tell you something. IHOP and burgers. That's the stupid. Why? Who? Someone's getting fired. And why is there raspberry pancake syrup? Nobody wants that shit. Yeah, on a, on a burger. What, you going to put it on a burger? Stupid. It's ridiculous. At the right time of night with the right kind of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. the thing. You're not Waffle House. That's the thing. Why is IHOP trying to be Waffle House? That's when you IHOP. wake up and you go, did I eat? <laughs> you don't even know. Did I eat already? <laughs> so the memory card is shot, and our the producer for Sports Center, who's on site, Eric Lunston, is nice enough to go, "Hey man, I got a memory card in the camera, and I'm not using it. Will it work in your machine?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" And it's the right kind. So he hooks it up, puts the memory card. We test it, and it's perfect. Beautiful. Due to Jack Nicholas podcast, it comes out perfect, fantastic. Now we are bouncing off the walls because we know our first three podcasts are going to be Scott Van Pelt, Jack Nicholas, my big brother George Lopez. Let me ask you about Jack Nicholas because I've been fortunate enough. I played with him at the Wolf's Run in Kentucky with um, uh, Jason Gore, myself, Fuzzy Zeller, and Jack Nicholas, t- t- 2005. And Jack was a bit standoffish at first. You know, Lee Trevino and I are like like family. So he would, they would tell me, you know, Jack's a little bit standoffish. He'll warm up to you and stuff. And when you see it, you're like, wow. Because, you know, um, uh, at that time that Jack Nicholas was number one, it isn't like someone being number one right now because right. of all of the social media right. and stuff. And, uh, but you do respect a guy for what he has uh, brought to this great game of golf. Play that Whatever level, everybody knows Jack Nicholas. And then uh, uh, on um, 18, he drills one right down the middle, and you've got thousands of people watching. And I grabbed the microphone away from the host, and I said, that's why they put you on money in countries you don't live in. Because <laughs> he was on a five-pound hey, note. Great and, I have one of those. And uh, he, 
I don't think I, I I know smiles, and I don't think anybody at that moment could have been happier for the love that he got from those fans spontaneous like that than Jack. It was a great, and that's what moment. it is. It's the love of Jack. I mean, everybody sees him like I don't see him get nervous often. But before uh, the interview, when we finally figured out that we were gonna, the equipment was, was working. Okay. He was pacing back and forth. I told him, even like with Tiger, I don't get butterflies interviewing people, yeah. but I get butterflies when I know I got to interview Jack. But he's the one that puts me. It's all, it's like the first time me and you met. Well, let, let me say something about Jack. So we were playing at uh, the Wolf's Run in Kentucky, and, you know, Lee Trevino threw that rubber snake at Jack uh, on the US first Open. tee of the U.S. Open. And uh, it... it uh, it kind of broke the tension of that playoff round because yep. it was 18 holes between Trevino and Nicholas. So what do I do? I go get a rubber snake, <laughs> and when they're announcing Jack Nicholas, I throw it at him. <laughs> but he didn't look very happy to have a rubber <laughs> snake thrown at him. Because, and then I think it dawned on him like, oh, <laughs> it's been 25 years. He says, oh, George, it's been 25. No, wait a minute. It's been 35 years since the, that U.S. Open with Trevino, and that kind of uh, broke the ice. But, you know, you, I was a kid growing up, and I saw Lee Trevino do that to yep. Jack Nicholas, never imagining would I ever even know Lee Trevino, aside from having him be kind of my, the, the real, my real soulmate if I ever met anybody, and then to be there playing with Nicholas and be able to to throw a rubber snake at Nicholas. I thought, wow, that was this, man. I, I love that it's not, it's not putting next to Jack Nicholas that's throwing a snake <laughs> at him. And I threw, I threw it right to knock his ball off the tee. I threw it right out of it. That would be the funniest. Who would have thought if I would have told you when you uh, were 19 years so, old? So listen, you're going to throw a snake at Jack Nicholas on the tee box. Like, it just seems so surreal. Our, I, you go, if you do, a landscaper manager is going to fire you. <laughs> So we we do we we get the Jack Nicholas podcast Amazing. in. So then, so what I forgot then was that Eric said, "Can I have the memory card back?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, not a problem." Oh, man. So I give him back the memory card, never replace the busted one. So we get here, and the first thing tonight he says to me, theater in Hartford. <laughs> we set everything up, and he was like, "Hey, you got that new memory card, right?" And I just go, "Oh shit." Oh. And literally, like, you're about to go on stage, and we're downtown. In Har- I don't know anything down here. So he was like, What's, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't think there's anything downtown Hartford than travelers. I mean, listen, if you fall in downtown Hartford <laughs> and, and you don't have travelers, you'll die. <laughs> I almost did because I ended up running to a CVS <laughs> over a half mile away. I run. I leave the theater, run to a CVS. Skinny white guy in downtown Hartford, <laughs> running through downtown Hartford. Look, if it would have been the short, chubby black guy running, I, we, I, y'all would still be he trying to get not. bail money. So I get, I get the memory card at CVS, and I run back, catch the end of your show, and now we're here talking to you. It's, and, isn't and that's it amazing the that the 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 career of an eighteen-time major champion and all of those stories that you hang on the edge of your seat can be can be maintained by a, a, something you could buy at CBS. 
That's it. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. It's unimaginable. Right. Though. It's historic. And yet, there you are telling the guy at CBS, the other one. Yeah, I need, no, no, no. I need the one with 64 gigs because I'm talking to George Lopez in an hour. By the Nicorette. And I know, and can you unlock it? I know you need the same key you need to unlock the razors, but I really, I really need the memory card. And so here we are. Here we are, man. And you had mentioned during your show that that you just played golf with Lee in Dallas on Friday. What's it like when you get to play golf with someone that you said you grew up idolized, but now he's he's Um, closest friends? I'm going to tell you guys honestly. You know, I'm an only child, and Lee Trevino didn't have a father, and he um, he said to me, "I, "I lived under a tree," and I said, "What?" And he goes, "I lived under a tree, man. Like my mom and me and my grandmother, we lived under a tree." And my mom cooked under the tree, and we lived under the tree. And I just was like, wow. And and I don't think I've ever met a, a, another human being, uh, and he's, you know, uh, of he's Mexican like me, that I've, I've gotten along so well with that I could love more. I was very detached growing up as a kid, and golf was my way of learning things without um, having an actual adult teach me th- those things. Uh-huh. I learned uh, great lessons in life, honesty, and, and the main thing was that when things got tough in my life, I quit. And it, it went with everything. I quit with my bikes. I quit at the accordion. I think everybody quits at the accordion. But I, <laughs> but I quit at everything. And when my baseball coach said to me, uh, when I was 18, I quit playing baseball. And he called me into the office and he said, you know, you, you, I wish you the best in life. But you know what? When tough, when times get tough, you quit. I said, is that right? And I'm like nose to nose with my baseball coach. I'm 18. And he goes, you pack it in. You pack it in. When things get tough, you pack it in. And no one gets anywhere in life when they're a quitter because time gets hard, times get hard, and you got to work through those. But you won't because you'll quit. And I was like, wow. And he, he and I were going at it. And it wasn't until I started playing golf when golf was very difficult for me. And I realized that after like five holes, I would tell the guys I was playing with, I'm going to play nine. I'm going to get out of here. And then I did that for uh, a couple of years. And then it dawned on me one time when I left that, that I was a quitter. Like, I just heard what he was saying. I mm-hmm. said, man, this, this dude is right. Like, it's not just me walking off the course because I, I can't hit it. It's me. It's, 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 the, it's, it's, a, it's a major character fault that it, when things get tough. And I'd already started doing stand-up. I started when I was uh, on June 4th in 79. I was still in high school, 17, or just turned 18. And it dawned on me, and it just was one of those moments. And, and I, you know, never confided in anybody. And I went back to the school on a day that the baseball team was practicing and I walked out there and the coach looked up at me from across the baseball field and he looked at me like I was a mirage because I hadn't been there in like seven years. And he said, is that my third baseman? And I said, hey, coach. And he goes, what, what are you doing out here? You know, he puts his arm around me. What are you doing out here? I said, hey, man, I, I came to apologize to you, man, because I wanted to say I'm sorry for the way that I acted when I was here. And you're right. Like, when things got tough, I did quit, you know. And I just could not go forward in my life unless I came here and I told you that and he was very touched man he's like wow man you know wow and he goes you know what Lopez man there's hope for you yet and I shook his hand and I hugged him and I went on my way but I don't think I could have gone on in life if I didn't tell him that and he just passed away maybe two months ago oh, and I, I bet him saying that to you also meant just as much to you it, it you know he wasn't upset with me I don't think I'd ever 
been that honest to anybody. I don't think I'd ever taken the initiative to do something like that because uh, sometimes in people's lives, you know, when things go bad like that, you prefer to pretend like that person doesn't even exist. You know, <laughs> they go, what happened to your brother? I don't have a brother. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, I haven't talked to my brother in 35 years. And you know what? Life, life is not about that. Life's about closing circles. And that was one. And so in 2002, when Andy Garcia got invited to the, to the uh, champions tour up in Valencia mm-hmm. and he couldn't play, he called me and he said, will you fill in for me? He's like, hey, Georgie, will you fill in for me? It's Andy. I'm playing with Lee Trevino and I can't play. I got to do something, Georgie. So will you fill in for me? It's Andy. <laughs> so I, I, I filled in for him. And I wore a red shirt and black pants like Lee did at the U.S. Open. And I roll up and Lee is wearing a red shirt and black pants. We look like a couple of Mater D's <laughs> from, uh, from, the, uh, from the El Torito restaurant. And... We played, we got along, we had never met before, we were just trying to learn about each other, we laughed the whole time, and at the end of the day, I went home, I was still married, and I told my wife that it's the first day of my life that I wish that the day wouldn't end. Wow. And I never said that. Wow. I wanted days to end at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you now, get up at 9. Now Trevino <laughs> ends up at your house out in the desert, and you're like, hey, don't eat the chocolates in the fridge. So... Because <laughs> you know, he tries we have, hot. Yeah, tell everybody. We have a thing called the brownie cup that we created <laughs> by accident. You know, I when my show was going on and I love golf and playing pebble, I thought it was great because I was doing shows downtown in L.A. between Christmas and New Year's that we take one day and get a jet and celebrate your whole year. And I took Anthony up there. I've taken, you know, the Anthony Hoy and Anderson. I got up there. Anthony Anderson and then Cheadle. So me, Anthony, and Cheadle went up there. And then Cheadle had um, a marijuana brownie. And about the fourth hole, he ate some. And then, you know, we didn't think anything of it. And by the and by the seventh hole, he couldn't get anything in the air. <laughs> and we're like, what's up with Cheadle? And he goes, oh, he ate that thing. So when we got to nine on the 10th tee, he said, let's all eat it. And let's all count the scores in. <laughs> and, and the brownie cup was born. And then the brownie cup was born. And then we were in the, we were the second year we went, we did it again and we played, we, we modified the system to where you played nine holes sober. Yeah. And then at the turn, you got a vodka cranberry, but you ate the brownie on the ninth tee. So by the 10th tee, it was already working. Yeah. So we did that. And I think. I might have won that. And then we didn't have a trophy. So we're in the tap room and we're, we're sitting there <laughs> quietly at the corner table, you know, the corner by the bar on the left. And there is a, a, there's a place across the way that guy Kip owns where it's like memorabilia of yes. golf. Yep. Links to the past. Right. <laughs> yep. So we're sitting in there and we're trying to come up with a name, the cannabis cup, uh, weed, uh, the weed masters, <laughs> uh, then it's quiet, and then and then I think Anthony Anderson said, "What about the brownie cup?" <laughs> I got up, I ran, I just got up. They didn't know where I was going. I ran to that place and I bought a thirty five hundred dollars silver trophy that was a tournament from the thirties. It was an antique silver uh, uh, trophy. And I thought it said 350, so it wasn't until I got by American Express <laughs> that I realized that I had spent 
Uh, and Kip, that dude ain't gonna tell you. That Kip will sell his mom if she has. Yeah. Some, if she had some of uh, his Nancy mom Lopez has a price tag. His on. mom has a price tag. If his mom had. Uh, as long as she got something to do with golf history. Yeah. Right? She wears a Pat Bradley uh, visor and seller. <laughs> so how so? How long's the the brownie cup been going on? Well, it's been going on for four years, but the last three years we haven't played because of people's schedules. But the last time we played, uh, Don Cheadle had a had a tremendous lead. But on the 17th hole, we all drove. And then I said, I can't find my ball. And those guys were like, no, nah, man. It, like, like Cheech took the fourth spot. Uh-huh. So it was Don Cheadle looking, and Anthony said, I thought I saw to go right down the middle. And then me and Cheech are in the car and goes, Cheech, I thought, man, yeah, like you, you hit hard, but I thought that guy might have been done over there. <laughs> so we go, everybody's looking, and after five minutes, I put my hands in my pocket, I realize the ball's in my pocket. <laughs> and yeah, that I had to hit. Yeah, you hit the <laughs> and then I go, I go, <laughs> and let me, I, when I look out, all three of them are looking. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I know, they don't know I didn't hit. So I'm looking out there and they're all looking and they're like, it was over here. And then I go, hey, I didn't hit. <laughs> and then I went back and, and then I went back and hit. And then Don, oh and God. then Don won the brownie cup. With a nine, with a nine, <laughs> a nine, with a nine. He won with a he won by one with a nine. Oh, that that that's our kind of been, golf. It's been uh, I love those guys. Like those guys, you know, are my buddies. And the Brownie Cup is 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 a great turn. I just wish that we would be able to do it. Yeah, every year. Yeah, but, and I mean, I mean, we could really. I mean, I gotta tell. Look, I gotta tell everybody. Like you, you literally are like my big brother. Yes. Yeah. Tell people. I want to know because I know people ask me all the time. Oh, how right. how are the caddy and Lopez so tight? So where when did this start? It started guys? at the Bob Hope the year before or two years before he hosted. I was caddying for um, Omar Uresti, mm-hmm. and we played. Actually, it was like three years before because we played a practice round together. He was playing yeah. in the Bob Hope, and I was caddying That's for right. Omar. And we played a practice round together, and we just me and him got to chatting, and we kind of we just hit it off. It's like you know those kind of, kind of people when you're around them, you're like kindred spirits. Yep. And it was cool. And then the next year, I was doing USA Network's uh, PGA Tour Sunday, which was a great show. I was talking about yeah. it the other day. PGA Tour Sunday on USA was a fantastic show because they were always on the location of the golf tournament. They were telling you who was there. Uh, Jim Huber, God rest his soul, was alive, and he did some amazing pieces. And, uh, you know, it was easy to watch. They didn't over-emphasize uh, uh, things. Simple. It was fun. And it was it was a It was fun, fun but fun it was show. really informative. And I, I had a – I started out doing a bit called The Caddy, Caddy Corner, and then it turned into Open Mic. And mm. Open Mic was an interview kind of so – Well done. Play on your name. Yeah, Smart. big time. Yeah. yeah. Instead of MIC – for microphone is M I K E. Thanks a lot. Got it. So, hey, but then you're talking to the guy who's had a show called George Lopez. Lopez <laughs> yeah, tonight, yeah. Saint George. Exactly. Lopez. <laughs> yeah. So we set up the interview. We're going to sit down and chat, and was like, you know, we're only going to sit, probably talk for two or three minutes. Yeah. It'll be real quick and easy. And the two of us sat down and just kind of hit our stride, and started going back and forth. We actually sang Earth, Wind, and Fire September. And we sang it so good that actually when they cut the show, they played the song and we were right in tune and on beat with Earth, Wind and Fire. And we were only supposed to do three minutes and we did 30 and they turned it into they had to cut it and make it on. Th- so we were on three weekends in a row. 
That that was a big one because it was so unexpected, and it was like in the middle of the classic club over there at the Bob Hope, and uh, you didn't expect to make like a great friend out of out of that thing sitting in there on the driving range under like two umbrellas. Yeah, <laughs> and then he called me like we exchanged numbers, yeah. and he called me. I remember you called me one time. I was I was at a, I was doing a Sirius XM. I was doing Sirius XM at the time, and you were calling to ask me about a tournament. And then he was like, "I was like, man, where are you? What are you doing?" He was like, oh, "I'm doing this. I'm doing a ping pong movie." What? Yeah, a ping pong movie. He goes, "Yeah, I'm doing a ping pong movie." And uh, Christopher Walken is is a gay guy in a geisha. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, I'm in. What is this? I am in." And so we were talking about that for a little while, and then he goes, "Hey, man, they're they're talking about me doing." the hope and i was like oh cool and we we met somewhere before then it was somewhere before the hope and he was like look man what are you doing the week of the hope they want me to do it and i was like i don't think i'm doing anything and he goes come caddy for me and i go okay yeah man of course let's do it Mm -hmm. and he goes because i'm because i'm going to be the host i'm already going to be stressed out but I want to have fun and play good on the golf course. And I know you can help me. And I was like, let's do it. And it was, and we had an absolute blast. And the biggest compliment that I got afterwards, and I'm, I, I know I shouldn't get choked up telling this story, but it still gives me goosebumps and, and chokes me up was, was his, his, his wife at the time came up to me after the tournament was kind of done. Cause we finished on Saturday and whatnot. And she came up to me and she goes, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, like he doesn't, He's never really liked any of his caddies before. <laughs> and he's never got along with his caddies That's really true. well before. But he really likes you. And he really, like, I see the way you guys interact on the course. And I think you got something special. And I was like, it, it really floored me. It made me feel fantastic. And I walked back in. And he he's sitting at a table. And he's like, come on over here. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so next week you're coming to Pebble. You stay at the house. <laughs> and I go, all right. Okay. And that was the beginning, like, of, 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 and the biggest compliment he ever gave, I'll tell you, the biggest compliment he ever gave me was he said, if, if he would have been playing golf and known me, that he and I would have been the next Trevino and Herman. Absolutely. Because of what we would Real do with question. the crowd. Yeah. No question. The way that we interacted with the people, the way that I could play almost good on cue, mm-hmm. and, uh, I played bad. I mean, I'm not, but, but when it mattered, I, I played good. And I remember, um, uh, at one Pebble Beach, I, I look over and the, I see the camera ran running, uh, across the, with the camera coming to me and I go, uh oh. He goes, it's all right, pro. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. And then we always ended up strong. And that time I was on TV, I always played, I always played well. Anytime the cameras came on, he played better. Although Faraday almost got me fired. Why? You've been fired. Every podcast, Ron, there's a story about you getting fired. It's Faraday's fault. We decided at the Bob Hope we were not going for any par five. We were going to do the Zach Johnson. You were going to go tee shot, layup, wedge. I don't care what the yardage is. And he was like, don't let me go for a par five. We're laying up no matter what. All right, cool. And we stuck to our guns until we get to the – we're playing the back nine first. Yep. And we get to (laughs) – we get to the 18th par five. He hits a perfect drive. We got like 215 to the hole. And here comes Faraday. And because we're thinking, okay, perfect. We're going to hit a little either eight iron or seven iron kind of because of his short game. Throw it down there. Have just inside a hundy. Perfect. 
Faraday comes over and is like, hey, nice drive there, Georgie boy. What you got? And he looks at me. And I was like, we got 215 to the hole. And I was like, we're going to hit 8-iron in here. And Faraday's like, 8-iron? How are you going to hit 8-iron? Well, you not doing? And he's just cursing us both, cursing us both. And George looks at me. Man, I, I mean, I haven't been caddying for him that long. And then I was like, oh, man, we're going to hit the 8-iron. But, you know, you hit the hybrid spectacular, and the hybrid will cover. And he goes, all right. And it was both of us were wishy-washy, and I wasn't oh, yeah. adamant. So he pulls the hybrid, and of oh, course, no. snap hooks that mug right in the water. I almost hit the Chrysler 300, <laughs> in which the voted the uh, car of the year. In the water. So, by J.D. Power and Associates. <laughs> so you hit, and then what? Then Faraday goes, why'd you effing go for the green, stupid? with you guys. And walks away, and now George... He kind of chucks the hybrid in the air, and I got to catch it, and we ain't talking for two holes now. Did you physically want to harm Faraday? And me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have. Because I wasn't playing good that day, and, and that was in front of all the people. That was a, that was a good one, you know, good about people. But one of the things, too, that like, like I, we played one year with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Anthony Anderson, and on the at Bermuda Dunes, we're a little bit backed up. A par three. So we're waiting on a par three. <laughs> and Mikey's out there. You know, he's got the charge looking around. And he's in front of the – Sam had a cart. It couldn't walk. So we're in the cart and and standing outside of it. And there's a Latina mother and her daughter there. And they're looking over that little rope at us. And she says, uh, Mr. Anderson, can I have your autograph? And Anthony's like, sure, baby. What's happening? Let me see that thing. Yeah, all right. I'll take a picture. Yeah, mama. All right. <laughs> George. Silence. She looks over at Sam and she goes, Mija, ask Denzel. <laughs> and I'm like, no, let me tell you something. When she goes, Mija, ask Denzel if oh. we can get a picture. Now, Sam doesn't break. He doesn't even, his eyes never move. So he hears this. Oh, he my hear- gosh. Him and Aunt. <laughs> now, of course, because they're friends, yeah. they're on the floor. Literally, George is leaned over. <laughs> And Anthony can't breathe. He's laughing so hard. And you know Anthony when he gets going. Sam hasn't moved. Sam's just like. And he goes, I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. He's like, oh, hell no. (laughs) You thought I was Denzel a minute ago. Oh, man. The whole crowd goes, that's not Denzel. It's Samuel L. Jackson. It's awesome. And. Oh, I'm if she sorry. could have crawled under the grass and pulled it over like a comforter, she would. <laughs> so, and what was the payoff? Did he did he hook her up? He, no, no, he that, no, no. He went. Oh no, Sam's not like that, man. Sam. <laughs> hey, I love Sam. He's mean on the golf. Mister Jackson, say please. <laughs> you're like, all right. When you're out there, I mean, what's your, what's your pro am can't? How many pro ams you get in a, a year? Well, not as much anymore. But yeah. uh, at that time, from like 2004 to maybe like 11, there was uh, quite a bit of them, you know, and and. Uh, what I loved about it was that, you know, golf was such an unexpected game for me to play that to be in those places like, you know, Colonial, and I would donate money back, and I'd buy stuff in there, and I'd play with some great guys. And then I thought all the guys uh, that I played with were uh, uh, really good to me and really good dudes. And I was a fan, of, such a fan of golf that, yeah. I, that I, I likened it to swimming with dolphins. Like, you're not going to be a dolphin, but you could swim with a dolphin. And hey, we say it all always, the time. I'll tell you, he was always so humbled to be asked – that was the one thing that a lot of people didn't really understand was that he he still the humility that he always felt is something that I try to live up to, too, because he understands, like, coming from where he came from, mm-hmm. the fact that professional golfers 
want to play golf with him, and tournaments wanted him to play. Yeah. There was one year we played nine pro-ams. I caddied for nine pro-ams, and one of the rules officials, five, one, it, we were at five pro-ams, and Tiger had only played three tournaments. I actually had more starts and more FedEx Cups than Tiger Your golf schedule on georgelopez.com was much more uh, extensive. So, so one, time, one time at, uh, you know, Saturday morning at Pebble Beach was always, you know, hectic. So Mikey and I were we we're close to the cut. Like I thought we could have. We we're playing with Trevor, mm-hmm. and I thought that we could have. Uh, you know, we could we could we could still make the cut. So I would go early. Like I mean, listen, if that time was like nine ten six forty five, I'm on the range. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and BJ's BJ's there all night anyway. So BJ's like, you know, what are you doing here? And I said, it's, ready. I'm getting ready. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I haven't left since yesterday afternoon. <laughs> so so um um, I went down. And I mean, I dressed like a pro. I had great slacks. I had great shoes. I always had a great hat. Yep. I had a great sweater. Scotty Cameron would send me great bags and sweaters and everything. And and I go over there, and almost like birds in the morning, you see all these red jacket. Uh, what are they called? The, the like the volunteers. The volunteers yeah. that line the fairways and the greens and the and the and the tees. And there are probably like forty of them there. And I'm walking down. They look like birds that are like gathering. And right on the right side is a is a coffee place. They make lattes there. They got muffins right by the pro shop. And I say to the guys, I said, hey, everybody here, over here, you can get a latte. You can get coffee. Get whatever you want on me. And they're like, oh, my God. All right. So they all go over there. And cookies are flying. And they're making lattes. They're making coffee. And I go in there. And on the first tee, I would always try to make things in three. Like, Mike and you had a, a good short game. So on the on the first hole, I hit it a little bit squirrely. I, ch- I chip it up on the right side. I got like 40 yards. I hit it like five feet. Yep. I make it. So it's like four for three. Yeah. So now we go to the second. It's a par five. And I get over the top and I pull it and I yank it hard right. And then I go... Did anybody see where that went? And there's just complete silence. <laughs> They're like, no, I don't think anybody saw where that went. So I go over there. So Mikey's got the bags, put the bag down, and you see the out of bounds markers. But it, 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 I'm sure that it went over the other side of the out of bounds. And I tell Mikey, I said, man, ah, oh, you start with a par, man. And then the next one, I was trying to get too far. I duck hooking over there, and then I'm walking. And I'm walking further. I start to see like a little bit above the grass, a little bit of white. And I walk over there. And Mike's like 40 feet behind me. And I go up in there. And it's on the line. And I'm like, Mike, it's over here, man. Mikey, over here. So he comes over. And it's on the line. He goes, oh, pro. So he takes out the thing. He looks. He's like, he's like this is what it is right here, man. To the front. We're going to hit to the front. We're going to go up. And, I, and I'm standing back there. And I go. And, the, and all the red coats are standing. There's two of them right there with their arms folded, you know. And, and I'm standing line. I go, what are the odds that a ball would, would, would end up on the line? Like, how does it end up on the line? I'm like, oh, my God. And from three feet behind, the guy goes, thanks for the latte. <laughs> he moved it over. When nobody was looking, he moved it over and put it on the line. It pays to do good work before round. Karma, man. That yeah, good line cost me $310. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but everybody still talks. All those volunteers uh, still talk about and th- that. And those were uh, those were all good times. You know, it's a little bit weird now because you know the, ter- the tournament, especially that one. And I don't think golf in general isn't really engaged in the pro am like uh, it used to be, or celebrities like it used to be. Like. Since they did the wraparound season, right mm-hmm. now that we're not going out to the West Coast to start the year, it's yeah. a lot different. But like, 
when he took over the Bob Hope, uh, every player, because you were throwing parties every Tuesday, Wednesday. There was part Thursday, Friday. If you missed it, every single night we had something going on. Tuesday night we were at La Casuela's at 110 and Washington Avenue. Me, Huey Lewis, Cheech, Mikey, Andy Garcia, Sam, Cheeto, all at one table watching uh, sports, eating uh, in the restaurant. And you would telling see stories. That. And then the next night, oh, we're at the steak place, and you and the caddy came up, and he said, uh, "Do we only have to order off of this side menu? You know, like <laughs> can we only either have fish or steak, and then one vegetable, and then everybody gets a strawberry shortcake for for dessert?" And I said, "No, man, you can order whatever you want off the menu." That dude, I don't think I ever saw that guy again. So <laughs> drinks and whatever was included, and it was for the caddies and the players and the celebs only. That's amazing because we talk about it all the time. Like what a connector this game is. It's a great connector, correct? And back in the day, like when when the Bob Hope was the Bob Hope, it was a tournament that guys would go to to prepare for the rest of the season. Right. So it was the celebrities that were coming up from L.A. Yep. And the golfers. So the celebrities were looking at the golfers the same way the golfers looked at the celebrities, and they all got to come together and play this ridiculously fun game. And so there was no pressure on anyone, unless you got into contention, like on Sunday. Then you would kind of be grinding a little bit, trying to get that win, and that, and that was fine. But the real meaning of the golf course was just for Hollywood and the PGA Tour to get together and kind of go, yeah, there's football going on. Yeah, there's other stuff going on, and it's winter. But for all of you guys that are having a bad winter, check it out. We're going to have some fun and let you guys in on it. So after every practice round at the Bob Hope, we would meet at Las Casuelas. Mm -hmm. Wherever you played, whatever celebrity you were, we all met at Las Casuelas at 5 o'clock. And to be honest with you, I don't think that I look forward to anything more than going out and playing a practice round and then knowing that I was going to see Cheeto and Anthony and Sam and Cheech and Huey and Mike and everybody who's going to be over there with their caddies going over the day. <laughs> so John Daly's there and my man uh, Sebastian, what's his name? Uh, uh, with the German Shepherd? No. Uh, in El Paso. The guy with the. All right. So we, we, invi was there we invited an injured uh, <clears throat> uh, guy from uh, from the war. We invited him to come and stay at my house. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a friend of mine from El Paso. I can't remember his name. Uh, Adrian? 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 Adrian and Tony. Mm. So he was with us, and he was, you know, he's disabled clearly, and, you know, a war guy. So he was with us, included on there. So Daly's there, Cheeto, Cheech, Anthony. So we start drinking, and, and then um, – how does it get to we start talking about kissing on the lips? And then, and then, and then John Daly. Who did? So J Daly said, Daly said, you won't kiss me on the lips, will you? And, and he goes, George, you won't kiss me on the lips. I said, yeah, I'll kiss you. He goes, come over, give me a kiss on the lips. I go over there. I kissed. <laughs> we were oh, no. howling going, there's no way. There's no way he's doing this. And Daly's going, come, I bet you won't. Come on. And then after he goes come over on. there. And we're all, all of a sudden, and he tells uh, Adrian, uh, the guy's, you know, the, he's in the wheelchair. He goes, come and kiss me on the lips. So you come over here and they kiss. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's out of control, man. It's out of control. Kissing each other on the lips. We're loving each other. But people are crying. And then I go to the waitress. I said, John, John Davis had like double crown royal. I said, I said, that's hey, it. Put a little like Coke with some water and some ice. 
John takes a drink. He looks up. He goes, George. He takes his index finger. Goes, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Just no way. He knew. Zumbo, like he knew. Is he one of the? I, dro- I actually dro- remember. I drove John home that night. It, it, I drove, it, or I drove him back to his bus. Yes. Is he yeah. one of your favorites? Absolutely. He was great. He called me Georgie, and uh, and uh, one of you know this is story because it's all it's all in this. So the last round of the uh, the bop up that we went on on Friday, mm-hmm. we had a party Thursday, and they said. You got to get John out of here, and I said, "Why?" And I look over, and he's has his arms wrapped around the legs of a go-go dancer at South Beach. <laughs> Remember, I bought the seventies band too, Boogie Nights. Yes, man. So they go, "We got to get him out of here." So we, me and Mike try to get him out of. There. And thank God, John is like a loving guy. Yeah, yes. He's when he gets, us, when he was drinking, he got loving. He wasn't like a belligerent guy. So he doesn't. Our time is, we're the last time. It's like ten thirty-five, ten o'clock. No daily. Sam's like, "Where is he?" I said, "I don't know." Luke Wilson's playing. Where is he? I don't know. 10, 10, 10, 15, 10, 20. Shows up, he's got a yellow shirt. He goes, Georgie. Throws me a kiss. <laughs> puts one ball down to the ground. Hits it. He goes, let's go. He shoots six under. <laughs> oh, God. And that's when his shoulder came out of socket and that yes. guy, big guy was working on him. Yep. That We've had, we have had more fun together at Pro Remember New Orleans? Vaguely. <laughs> yeah, that's say, exactly if you right. do, then it might not be that well, good. Well, this was the whole thing. Anthony had been doing a show down there. Uh-huh. So he knew all the cops. K Street or something like that. Yes. Yeah. And no, we go down there on a Tuesday night. Now, we're we're playing early on Wednesday's Pro-Am. Early. And, of course, there's going to be food and stuff like that. And I had never been to Bourbon Street or New Orleans. Oh, no. Yeah. So, now, so early is like, what, 730? Yeah, it was like o'clock. a 745. Uh, yeah. 745. That's not See? <laughs> Let me just put it this way, because and Ant knew everybody down there, and at the show he was doing, he was a cop. Uh-huh. So, of course, he knew all the cops down there. So they're like, come on, man, here's where y'all are going, blah, blah, blah. We ended up at one place singing karaoke with Eric Axley's ex-wife up on stage. <laughs> at 5.30 not- in the morning, I called him. I said, it's raining. I said, it's, we're not going to play, are we? <laughs> he goes, no, bro, it's supposed to clear up in an hour, and it did. And I was <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm looking through my pockets, and I had a card from a strip club that said, admit George Lopez free for the rest of his life. Handwritten on the back. And I left them at like 345. I'm like, pro, come on, man. I love you, boy. We got to get at least a nap. You know, I got back. Some caddies found me wandering around, (laughs) took me in the van, and then dropped me back off at the hotel. And how did we play that day? Not well. I don't remember. I know we both were drinking coffee. I've never seen him drink coffee like this. But right? I'll say that after the round, they said, uh, Mr. Lopez, Titleist has a tent over there. Uh, it's about, about 100 yards away. Um, and I thought that, that was, thought that was too far, so I got in my car and went back to the hotel. <laughs> $5,000 of prizes and gifts. Good. Said, oh, no, it's too far. <laughs> But, but, you know, we brought a lot of fun to golf and, you know, we always tried to make golf fun for the people, signed every autograph and then did all that. But, but I I still love it. That's why I'm here at the Travelers. Travelers was a good one too. Yeah. So every time we talk golf with you, we always talk your, your short game. You say my short game is, I mean, that's usually the, the, the part of the game that kills everyone. I know. But, you know, and hanging out with Trevino, it it has, uh, it has helped me uh, with this short game. And, 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 you know, last, you're like last Friday, you realized that, you know, he's 78 now. You know, and he's yep. he's getting a little bit up there. And I'm telling Brian right here. I said, you know, I'm going to make an effort to to be around him more because uh, you know, a guy like that is very special. He lives in Dallas. I live in LA, but to make an effort to be more uh, around him. And he still he still is an incredible uh, player. How many people, just because of golf, have you come 
in contact with that you would have never come in contact with because of golf from just different parts of the world, different beliefs, different backgrounds just because of this game? I think so many of them. You know, I, I think, you know, I have a tournament in May for the Kidney uh, uh, Foundation, my, my foundation, and we send kids to camp. And I've had, like, you know, um, you know Joe Pesci and and Andy Garcia and uh, uh, Montaigne and, and Justin Timberlake, all those guys play. And even in meeting and playing with Jack or Trevino or um, Barack Obama, or I played with Trump in 2007. So you, you just, you can't imagine what, for me, him hitting lemons in my grandma's backyard would have, would have taken me to. Oh, tell that story. Yeah. And when I was, when I was a little kid, we had a seven iron in the back and I would watch TV. I'd watch the British Open because I always got up early. I thought the British Open was amazing. And, um, I would go in the backyard and pull off limes and, uh, chip limes over my, over my fence. And that's how you got started. That's how I got started playing golf. Everybody's got those stories. And then you got to play the Dunhill Cup. I played the Dunhill Cup and, uh, I mean, that was all right. I don't think, I'm built for Europe. That, that beer is too, <laughs> too potent. I mean, I'm not gonna lie either. That's, that's beery one, beer. He got. He was like him playing the Dunhill, and I'm like, mm, I'm thinking you're gonna have to get a Scottish caddy. Yeah, I'm not built for that kind of weather. I, look, it's a different type over there. But you know, it's. It, uh, I think the one thing that, I mean, I've been on. Pl- I'm on planes, and guys say, hey, "How are you playing? How are you hitting it?" Like everybody knows, I play. And it's a great uh, icebreaker. And the way things are tension-wise, it's, it's, I haven't found that uh, with uh, guys that uh, you commiserate or talk about golf with. Is there anybody you haven't played with that you want to play with? Um, man, I don't, I don't think so. Really? I play with everybody, yeah. That's amazing. Who's, been your, who's your favorite pro that you ever got to play with? Like, Not Trevino. Um, let's see. I played with Mike after Mike Weir after he won the Masters. Yep. I played with VJ. VJ was always cool to me. We had a good time. VJ was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I played with Patrick Harrington. I played with uh, God. I played with you know two gloves. Those dudes. Were yeah. Like, Tommy. Tommy Ganey. That, Tommy that, two that, gloves. That at that time you yep. know, they captured the the world of golf. You know. Yeah. Uh, Bubba. <laughs> seeing Bubba out there at the bobble. But I, I just think that I, I've, I've played with a lot of guys. And, and like tomorrow, Ken Duke. We'll play with Ken Duke over in Traveler. And uh, it's cool. But but more than the pro, the people at this tournament, Mikey and I would run up the hill and go into people's homes, man, and, and start having We literally – no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> On the 14th hole, walking up the hill of 14 – it's a par four. You hit your tee shot up to the top of the hill, yep. and then you hit your second shot down to the bottom. For the people that don't know TPC River Highlands, there are, um, like, condos on the right-hand side. And there were people on the second floor of this condo <laughs> kind of having a party barbecue. And as we're coming up the hill, we hear, hey, George, come have drinks with us. You want to have a drink? We got some drinks for you. And he looks at me, and he was like, Mikey. Well, get some drinks. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, let's go get some drinks. And we turned and go, all right. And the look on their face, like he just told them, they were yelling down going, I bet George won't even look up here. And he goes, all right. And we walk and they come running down the stairs with drinks in hand. And that's. So one year at the, at the Bob Hope on the ninth hole at La Quinta, uh, we're there, Sam and Luke and, and Mikey surrounded by people and, and the, the people open up. And Andy Williams, the singer, the great Andy Williams, Moon River, yep. Andy Williams special, Chris specials, 
he walks through. He's probably like 5'1". He's got a tan slacks. He's got white loafers. He's got a cardigan on. He's got these big aviator glasses. And they're going, Andy Williams, and they're clapping. And he comes up to me, and, and he goes, hey, George, Andy Williams. I said, oh, yeah, of course. Andy Williams, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, would you, do you mind coming over to my house and saying hello to my housekeeper? And I said, uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Come on, Andy Williams. And I said, hey, I'm going to Andy Williams' house. Say hello to his housekeeper. So we walked through the people, walked down, walked in his house, and there's a lady in there, Latina, with a little outfit. And she's holding a camera and she's shaking. She got a big smile. And I said, hey, como estas? I said, trabajo por el señor. Si, si. I work for Andy Williams. Yeah. So he goes, George, here, take, a, take a picture. So Andy takes a picture. And I look over at him, at her and I said, in Spanish, te pega? Does he hit you? You know. Just, just, messing, around. just messing around. And she laughs and she leans in the mirror. We're hugging. We're like high five. And Andy was holding the camera. And he goes, what did you say? I said in Spanish, do you hit her? And he goes, uh, no, nah, I don't hit her. He goes, but if she ruins a couple more of my sweaters, I might. That's what <laughs> well, then they were laughing, take the picture. And I walk back out. I tee up and we keep going. I can't imagine. I, I would love to. You could probably just write a book yeah. on your golf to. career. Oh, that that first one that he hosted too. The sign that gave us goosebumps was ah. someone on their porch actually put a sign outside the back uh-huh. that said there's a new hope in George. And it was just – it got us both. We both just choked up. and Because I, I told him, I was like, this is what you mean. Because you took game. over the tournament. Yeah. yeah. And that, t- that tried to take amazing. it back to what it used to be. He had an in-and-out truck on the tee on the practice team. <laughs> so, and, and he was the hero for the You can't get an in-and-out team. truck for – for 20 years, I get in our truck to go to the driving range over there. The pros can't believe it. So you, there you are at a professional golf tournament. There's nobody on the range, one European dude. And I go over to him and I said, hey, man, you got to get some in and out. I don't. What? Did, what? I said, no. What is that? I said, it's like a hamburger. He's like, oh, no. I said, look, go over there. He goes over there. Next thing I know, the dude's got like an animal double <laughs> He's got six patties. He's hanging around the table with all kinds of people. And now there's nobody on the range. But that that's what I – I did that. I i did that. I threw the party and paid out of my money. I, I threw the party on South Beach and paid for the band, and I got the in a truck to go out there. And for that, I got my walking papers only because <laughs> I don't think they understood that you could have fun without the board of directors of the Bopple being involved, and you could. Yeah. And even Trevino to this day will say the biggest mistake they did was getting rid of George. You've been so gracious with your time, Maddie and Academy, means so much to us. I, I want you to tell the beautiful listener what, what's what's going on with you. What do you have going on uh, right now? We're on tour. Myself, Cedric, the entertainer, DL. Uh, I did a two. I did a special HBO last year called The Wall yep. live at the Kennedy Center. I got one more in me. Uh, June fourth of uh, nineteen will be my fortieth year in comedy. I'm gonna do a special right around that time. Wow. The restaurants are doing great. Uh, it looks Tell like everybody the name of the yeah. restaurant. Chingon Restaurant. There's one right now in San Manuel, but there's others coming. And then we signed a deal with Chef, and there will be uh, food you could take home from my restaurant in the future and opening restaurants around it. And everything is uh, everything is all right in the George Lopez world. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell our favorite yeah. story, my favorite story. I, I bet you it's yours, too. So we were playing in the Pro-Am at a Greenbrier. <laughs> And Faldo. Oh. <laughs> you know it. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're playing in the Pro-Am in Greenbrier, and Faldo has a place there. 
So we're having fun, and this weather comes in, and we're busting. We only get like 16 holes in or something, and then we got to run up to the clubhouse. And there is lightning hitting everywhere. And this one, the crowd won't leave. And he's then, yeah, I'll take a picture. Like, he just it, won't, he never dangerous. says no. Like they told us, well, you guys got to have to get in. But people are still, hey, George, one more picture. And I'm, I don't care. Like, I'm being Stevie Williams. Like, no, you're going to have to talk to him later. Sorry. Let's go. Get like him. I am with you. Mike, don't talk to anybody. <laughs> yes, no, that's man. exactly right. Yeah. Trying to get him to the clubhouse. So we finally get up to the clubhouse. We sit down. We're in like this bar area. We order a drink and stuff. And, Faldo and his lady come in, Leslie, and they're like, hey, you got to come up to the house. And we're kind of like, nah, it's we're just going to sit here. And come on, you got to come to Listen, the house. When and we get to the clubhouse after you play, man, I'm going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not in the Ozarks. Yeah. Right. So we're sitting here having a couple of drinks, and Faldo's like, I'm going to go get the car. I'll be right back. And Leslie's like, come on, listen, just come up to the house for a minute. It's up here. It's just a couple minutes. And we were like, nah. Nah, I don't. We're just gonna have a drink, relax, just chill. Just me and him spending some time. And then here comes Faldo. Leslie goes out, and Faldo pulls up. I guess because the door opens, and Faldo ah. cracks the door and goes, "Come on, man, I got the car outside." And George looks at me and goes, "You want to go?" And I go, "Well, think about this. When is the last time that a Mexican guy and a black guy got <laughs> chauffeured by a knight?" <laughs> He's a knight. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Sir, knight. Sir, he's a Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Nick Faldo. Yeah. And when I said that, he busted the he busted a gut laughing, and go, we both laughed, and we're like, "All right, we get out, go in the car, and we go up to Faldo's house." So we get up there and we're hanging out, and it's fun, and we're talking, having a good time. And now Faldo wants to show us his record collection. Yes. But what do you see? I look up and I see the claret jug up there above the mantle where the TV is. And I go, almost like in Pulp Fiction in the pawn shop when he <laughs> yeah, saw the yeah, sword. Yeah. He looks up and he's like, oh, there's a hacksaw, there's a saw there, and then there's a sword. I go, what's that? He goes, oh, that's, you know. And I said, no, what is that? Yeah, that's that's the Claret Jug from where I want. Get it down. <laughs> but he's like, Faldo's going, no, no, look, the record player. And I got the records. And he's like, no, record player. Get it down. Get that down. Get going, that down right now. I don't know right how I'm going to get it down. Get it down. <laughs> well, I don't know how we... Get it down. He finds a step Pulls ladder, it. <laughs> gets it down. We go over there. I think we pop some Glendorangi. Gets correct. Put it in there and drank out of the claret jug in Faldo's kitchen. Yeah, and took pictures too. With no, it. yeah, and it was that, and it was all, and we were literally an hour before sitting in the clubhouse going, "Nah, let's just chill." Here. But that, that that that's golf. Yeah, you end up at some tournament. Faldo ends up being a fan. And then all of a sudden you're you're drinking booze out of a clear jug because of a little white ball that all of us amazing. want to go chase around a course. It's, ama- it's amazing. It's, it's stupid. Incredible. It's stupid how this game brings so many people together in moments that we would have never met. Even though, I mean, I did stand up for 20 years, yep. but he was West Coast and I was East Coast. And it was like it was golf that brought us together. And then it was the love of golf and the love of like being I love being his number 2 on the bag. It yep. kills me when I can't caddy for him because I know when we get together one I have seen short game shots that pros have not hit. He hit a shot at the NFL in Tampa. We were playing the Champions Tour event and he hit a shot. He was like how do I play this? He had missed the green well to the left short. He was 
like hitting to a green that was elevated but had a slope and sloped away from where we were. We were in the trees, and he was like, how do I hit this shot? And I trust him that when I tell him this is what you got to do, I'm like, you set, you're going to take a nine iron. Yep. You're going to set it back in your stance. You're going to take it up to your belt, and you're just going to punch through it. So go belt to belt. And I go, when you do that, it's going to come out this high. It's going to hit into the slope. It should pop up onto the green and just release out. And he was like, okay. And he hits and the, you executed it not just executed it hit the spot i pointed but at. in my mind you understand know envision the shot i always envision hitting somebody like a lady in the back <laughs> oh my god and then i i did it and i pretend like it's natural but in my head like envision your shot and i just see a kid crying before the we, best was when the ball released and started going to the hole uh, the pros were flipping out the i find it fascinating out. that's the part of the game you've mastered Oh, we at the 60 Bob yards Holt, in. We played with – we can That's say it. it about him now because even he'll laugh about it. But when we played with Mike Weir at the Bob Hope, mm-hmm. he outputted Mike Weir by a lot. And there were pro golfers that were watching him putt that were impressed with his short game. Tell the story. What was the one we were telling before we got on air, the 9 of 11 birdie putts? What turn, was that the Ryder? Oh, the Ryder Cup. The uh, Ryder Cup in Medina, uh, 2014 in Chicago. I was there, and I got invited to play in the uh, – Ryder Cup Captain's Cup, which mm-hmm. was uh, a pro-am before the Ryder Cup, which you never see. There was no such thing before this. And I invited, and Mikey was there, and they gave me like the dirty dozen, you know, like the team that <laughs> Charles Bronson or Lee Marvin. Bad you know, News Bears. Uh, Hal Sutton. Hal Sutton, bad bad hip. Needs a hip replacement. Lanny, Lanny Watkins, fused neck. <laughs> Michael Phelps. Better in water. <laughs> this was before the Haney show. So Phelps and Phelps had never played in, in front of people. He's pretty good now. I He's see. really good now. But at the time, he couldn't put the ball on the tee on the driving range. He was so nervous. His caddy actually had to tee it up for him. So this is your group. This is my group. This is, yeah, who we got. And I started rolling it. Mikey would say right here, and I would put it right there. And they were all going in. We were going to play seven holes. But the response when the, from all of the fans was overwhelming that they said, you guys, you know, after nine, you know, we're going to play a couple more. So mm-hmm. 11. So out of the 11 holes, I made nine birdie putts from all over the place out of 11. And we built Bill Murray's team by one. And Bill Murray's from Chicago, you know. So for me and for us, it was incredible. You were Rory McIlroy that week. That, I was incredible. You basically that. stole the Ryder Cup Pro-Am from Bill year. Murray, and it was his home in Chicago. Right. I have never seen him. I, I, I've seen him putt really, really well. But what we did that day was like, it was. And how do we celebrate? We went on the patio of Medina, ordered vodka cranberries, and split a marijuana brownie. <laughs> and there it was. Comes full circle. The I, I, I will not say that I partook in the marijuana brownie, but I'll I'll just say I was witness. Were yeah, you employed at ESPN division. at the time? No. Oh, then no, no one cares. No. Uh, <laughs> so you'll post. I want you to post some of these pictures at Medina on Maddie and Caddy's social media so they can see. Okay. told so many good stories. Yeah, I was today kissed, with us. There's a picture. He's holding the trophy, and I'm kissing the putter. And it was that's beautiful. Yeah, we and you know who was up on the balcony with us celebrating as well? Richard Dent and Scottie Pippen, two of the sons of Chicago. That's right. Came by and again, that's that's golf. That's golf. That's golf. Brought Richard Dent, Scottie Pippen, Michael Phelps, George, and me. I'm I'm the, the, the luckiest idiot in the entire at the world. Joe, at the Joe Carter tournament in Toronto, Dan Marino asked me what I wanted because he was going to Starbucks. And he brought me a latte. And I thought, that's what I love about this this game. Hey, George, you want anything? I'm going across the street. And he brought me a, 
That's unbelievable. Yeah. Guys, now, I will, I will say before we go, yeah, I did have a moment where I, I called my editor at the time. His name was Kevin McGuire after Pebble and said, you better send someone because I'm going to jump off the roof because this is how golf and friendship works. Saturday night at Pebble when when – he we all stayed at George's place. Mm-hmm. It was George, Don Cheadle, his cousin, Anthony Anderson, Trevor and Trevor's wife. Oh god. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Trevor Immelman for those Trevor Immelman yeah, for those who don't know. Yep. And it was we had it was just a fun magical week. And so I was actually doing stuff for ESPN. Uh, every day I would do like a video wrap up and stuff and there was one time we were sitting kind of on these sofas and he started talking about how he was making fun of Ant and how Ant <laughs> is the kid that eats paint back in school and Ant heard it ran around found some paint and was in the background We didn't, and we never even saw him do it no. we didn't see him do it until after the fact and he came back and he was like hey check that video I'm in the background eating paint what? Awesome. <laughs> what? so I mean we just were having so much fun the whole week so Saturday night I mean George is the most gracious host and I've seen him do more amazing things for strangers than I've ever seen any other celebrity do. And it's just because he loves being able to do that to people uh-huh. and for people. And it's so I did, I told I told everybody, listen, tonight's my night. I'm gonna go. I'm treating the dinner. And I was like, oh, but we're going to get in Chipotle. <laughs> and the other funny thing, so we stopped one time at the convenience store, and I was like, hey, man, I got to run in here real quick, come back. We come in the car, and they were like, what were you doing? And I was like, oh, man, what's the matter? And I was like, dude, none of these places around here got Powerball. And Ant, without missing the beat, goes, well, I can't say what he first said. <laughs> and then he goes, Ain't nobody living around here need Powerball, you dumb mother. <laughs> That's true. And they were all laughing. So Saturday night, I go to get Chipotle for the crew. And at, as I left, I had left my camera set up. But I had I took the memory card out, and for the video I had already done. Ah, uh, the memory card again. I they took the memory it. card yeah. out. We were bringing it all first full more circle. Am, more and on. it was in my computer in another room. And George, Don, and Anthony jumped in front of the camera and were, were trying to record something special for me and for ESPN just because they wanted to do something nice uh-huh. for me. And they didn't have to do that. But because they wanted to do something nice and fun, they jumped up and tried to do something. And then never even told me until the next morning. I get back. We have Chipotle. We have a great night. To talk some more, making fun of Ant for eating the barbecue ribs on TV. Those were great. I mean, in that living room, all those guys in there, and you know, you're a little tired after you play, but we're all in there from different places, from different backgrounds, and all in there watching this little TV, watching the Golf Channel, and watching the highlights, and watching ourselves, and clowning ourselves, and eating there. And that, that's when Anthony got caught on camera eating ribs? Eating yeah. ribs on the 15th hole. <laughs> Don freaked out. <laughs> I was like, oh, bro, you, how you come? He goes, like, you set us back. And then, and then Anthony was falling asleep in the chair. And we go, Ant, go to sleep. He goes, oh, baby, I ain't tired. And the next thing you know, <laughs> his mouth open. Look, I know that we co-host this together, but I want to thank you for sharing these uh, stories. George, I want to thank you yeah, for man. taking the time for us. Your, your show is fantastic tonight and hard. I friend. love you, big bro. You I know love that. you too, bro. The uh, social media, at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, word and C-A-D-D-I-E. That's the Instagram. That's the Twitter. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the support on this podcast. We're starting from the grassroots. Uh, thanks to you guys for That's making great. it great. Good luck, guys. Thanks, man. Now, five years from now, we'll do another one. Oh, we won't wait that long. No, we won't wait that long. Still got more stories to tell. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.